and welcome back to the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you back to Season 4, Episode 7. I am happy to be back here with you for another episode today. Today I'm going to be sharing something that is actually quite practical, and something I just recently had to do, which was get my passport renewed as an American citizen in Italy. So my passport was going to be expiring in October. So it was going to be expiring this month. And I had to figure out what I was going to do to get a new passport. The first time I got a passport was when I went to Europe and Italy for the very first time. I've never had the situation where I've been abroad and I had a passport that was expiring and I had upcoming international travel to travel back home. Now, even if your passport is going to be expiring within the next six months, if you're flying back to your home country, usually you're not gonna have any problems. However, if you are in your home country, your country of origin where your passport is from, and your passport is going to be expiring within six months, oftentimes you are not allowed to book travel Even though your passport won't technically expire, even during the time you're planning to travel, if it's going to be expiring within six months, oftentimes airlines will not allow you to book your trip. So you have to make sure that you get your passport renewed. You know, it's one of those things that's kind of easy to forget about. You look at the date. Okay, well, this is, you know, this is not going to expire until, you know, two months after I come back from my trip. But you might be surprised to realize, at least for American passports, I can't speak for other countries because I've never held a passport from another country, you cannot travel if you have a passport that's going to be expiring within six months. Don't ask me what the reason is. Maybe it's because they just don't want to have a situation where you maybe end up extending your trip and then now you're stuck in in a country trying to come back to the United States or trying to go back home wherever you live and your passport is expired. So anyway, I found myself in a situation where my passport was going to be expiring and I had a trip coming up and I've never figured out how to renew a passport overseas. And so I had to go through that experience. And because many of you are planning to move to Italy, it's very likely you will be faced with the same issue. Now I'm speaking, of course, to the American audience in particular, but anyone who has a passport that needs to be renewed, as long as you have an embassy, a lot of countries have embassies in Italy, as long as you have an embassy in Italy, it's very likely you'll be able to do the same thing I did. So it's probably a much easier process than you realize. I'm gonna walk you through what I had to go through and how I did it. And hopefully that will help you to get an idea of how you can do this yourself. So I go online and I do a little bit of research and I realize I need to reach out to the U.S. Embassy in Italy. And if you want that website, that's it.usembassy.gov. So go to that website and basically that will walk you through everything that you need to know. So first of all, I had to figure out which form I needed. It turned out that I needed this form that was called DS-82. There are lots of things to determine. I'm going to read you off a list of some of the questions to find out if you would use the same form as well. So there's this questionnaire on at the U.S. Embassy for Italy, and it says, 
to use the online payment system, that means to pay for your passport, and then you print out a receipt, and then you mail that receipt in with your old passport and with this form that you filled out and with a new passport photo and with a return envelope with a return label on it that's prepaid. That's how you do it in Italy. The other thing that you can do is you can also pick up your passport. You can apply in person and you can pick it up in person, but we'll get to that in a minute. So to use the online payment system, you must answer yes to all of the following. Number one, I can submit my most recent U.S. passport book by mail with my renewal application. I was at least 16 years old when my most recent passport book was issued. I was issued my most recent passport book within the last 15 years. My most recent U.S. passport book has a validity of 10 years from issuance to expiration. That's standard. The U.S. passport book I am renewing has not been mutilated, damaged, lost, or stolen. My most recent U.S. passport book was issued by my current in my current name, or I can document my name change by submitting a marriage certificate, a divorce decree, or a court order with my passport application. I currently reside in and or have a valid mailing address in Italy or the Republic of San Marino. San Marino is a small little republic within the country of Italy. We'll talk about that in another episode. And then finally, I am only applying for a passport book. I am not applying for a passport card. So it says if you do not meet all these criteria and then you click this one thing, it's all very, it's laid out for you. Well, I fortunately met all of those requirements. So I was able to go online. I had to pay $130 and print out once I had made the payment and then I could print out my receipt to prove that I had already paid. So then it was just a simple matter of also filling out this online application, printing that out. I think I might've printed it out and then filled it out. So I included my passport photo. And the great thing is, by the way, about the passport photo is you get to take your own passport photo. Just make sure you're not wearing glasses and make sure that there's not a lot of shadows on your face. I have to say, because I took my own passport photo, I got to choose one that I really liked. So my passport now has one of the best photos I've ever had for any of my IDs which is really nice. Make sure that you know, you're know you meeting the requirements. I think it has to be, it's very specific requirements. You gotta make sure that your your head is like a certain distance from the top of the photo and, and from the bottom of the photo. And, and there, you have to really, really make sure you follow the requirements of their photos. And there, I've heard horror stories about people sending their application, they did everything right, but they haven't, they haven't met the requirements for the photos. And especially you have to be careful about this if you're taking using a picture you took yourself or that someone took for you on your phone or a camera and you're using that, then you could run into some problems if you're not really careful about those requirements. So anyway, I took my own photo and that was great. And so I included that in the application and my old passport book. So you have to literally place your old passport in this as well. We used a carrier service. And then while we were at the carrier service, we had to also pay for a prepaid mailing ad return mailing address and envelope that we also included inside the larger envelope. And that was what they would use to then mail the passport back to where you live in Italy. 
I don't want to say it was complicated, but you just had to kind of get a whole bunch of things. Now, the challenge that we ran into was we were doing this during the month of August. And you would think that one of the easiest things in the world would be to print a passport photo. Just go to some place that does printing and have a little, you know, two inch by two inch passport photo printed. Well, that was not the case. It was much harder because everywhere we went was closed, basically. I think we went to maybe six or seven or maybe even more, but at least seven different places. And they were they were closed or the person that uses the machine, you know, that does the photocopies, they were on vacation and it was just very difficult. Try to do this beforehand. If you're if you're any time around the month of August, try to do it before or after August, if possible. We didn't have that luxury. Finally, we found a place. Thanks to Alessandro, he found a great spot and he got the passport photo printed. You only need one. I printed two passport photos, both of them different. So if one of them got rejected, they would use the other one. That didn't seem to be a problem. They must have just thrown the one out that they didn't use. So anyway, we shipped it off. And we were like, man, I hope we get this back because I know I went online and if you are in the United States and you are trying to get your passport renewed in just kind of a routine sort of normal speed renewal, it can take seven to 10 weeks to get your passport renewed in the United States. If you expedite it, it can be three to four weeks. And if you're in Italy, that they said it can take up to a month and... Or, or, you know, longer, maybe like six weeks. And so I was like, I wonder how long this is going to take. It's going to be interesting. You know, what What if we don't get this back in time and then we're not able to book our flights? And I, was, I wasn't really stressed about it, but because I know that there are ways to get temporary passports. And of course, when you're mailing your passport off and you no longer have your passport in your possession, then you're really, you know, at the mercy of the system because what happens if you don't get your passport back in time or something happens and gets lost? And by the way, if you lose your passport, there are things that you can do if you lose your passport. So I wasn't terribly concerned because I knew that here I am trying to get my passport renewed. If my passport doesn't return or it takes longer or there's a problem or let's say it gets rejected, I could report my passport lost or stolen. And then the embassy, there are four embassies that I know of, and one is in Rome, one's in Milan, one's in Florence, and one's in Naples. And I know the one in Naples, Alessandro was more familiar with that one because the one in Naples is actually on the NATO base in Naples. There's a there's a pretty large NATO base in Naples. And so it was located there. And Alessandro's father was a fairly high ranking officer in the Italian military. And so his father spent quite a bit of time working with NATO and in that on that base. So Alessandro thought it would be best to send my passport there because if even though his father has passed away, his father died about 10 years ago in an accident, unfortunately. But even if he had, we had any problems, Alessandro still knows people that were, you know, connected with his father. And if he needed to, he could call them and say, okay, you know, I need some help with this. And they probably would do it. So he just felt that since he had some connections down in NATO at that base in Naples, that that would be the best place. So anyway, we sent the package down there and we 
after finally getting the you know the the passport photo printed and everything we shipped it off through a carrier service and it arrived the next day we received notification through email that they had received our package and so then it was just a waiting game and then we left for about two weeks to go down to southern Italy to look at some properties to sort of go on vacation during the month of August and into September. And we were having the package sent to Alessandro's mother's home because she was going to be home and was able to receive it. When she received it, she was going to give us a call. So that was the return address we put on the package. And so we were on our trip and and traveling and, and one of the things that they said was once your package is eligible to be picked up once your passport is eligible to be picked up you can pick it up in person if you want to and we were going to be down in the naples area and so that was going to be fairly easy we could maybe just stop and pick it up i was actually kind of looking forward to doing that and just having that experience but we had already paid the 40 dollars as well to have the package sent back up to veneto near venice where we live And so we ended up deciding not to pick it up in person, but I would have liked to have had the experience of seeing what it was like in a NATO base and, you know, obviously trying to capture some surrounding sounds to share with you from that experience. But just a little over two weeks, Alessandro's mother called us up and said, your package is here. I opened it. The passport is, you know, they they sent your old passport back with your new passport. And apparently, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. But when you renew your passport, at least the way I did, they send you back your old passport book. But they've they've like stamped the inside and a hole punch through the passport. So there's like a hole in the passport, like a little tiny hole showing that this is no longer valid. But it's kind of cool that you get to keep your old passport almost like a little personal souvenir. I do have a surrounding sound I'm going to share with you at the end of the episode today that has the sound of us calling the U.S. Embassy while we were in southern Italy. We were trying to get some information about whether the passport was available to be picked up. We were going to let them know, hey, we were we're in the area. Can we pick up our passport? Or do you have to mail it back because you have a a return address anyway? And then within a day or two, Alessandro's mother called us and said she'd received the, the package. So about two weeks of getting your passport renewed when they said it can take, you know, over a month to get it done was just incredible. And what I have come to realize is the reason that it's so fast for people in Italy to get their passports renewed is because of all the military people in Italy and the NATO bases in Italy. And so all of the passports are basically done in an extremely expedited fashion because oftentimes people getting their passports renewed in Italy, American citizens living in Italy who are getting their passports renewed are also part of the military. I don't know if it's correct to say preferential treatment, but they definitely are at the top of the list and their passport renewals are done very quickly. And they are all, I believe, done there at the NATO base. And so it's a very, very fast and very efficient process. So I just wanted to share that with you and let you know that if you are living in Italy and you happen to be an American citizen or if the country that you are from is part of NATO, especially, or if you are someone from a country who has an embassy 
in Italy, which is very likely that you do, then it'll probably be quite easy for you to get your passport renewed online as well. Anyway, I just want to share that. It's a very practical tip and something I just experienced and I thought I definitely want to share that with you. And so I hope you found that interesting and just something to put in the back of your mind for in the future when you are living in Italy and you need to have your passport renewed because at some point that's going to happen to you too. Well, that brings us to our next segment, La Vera Italia with Vera. And today we have a very special segment. It's always special when I get to sit down and have a conversation with Vera. Not only is this topic that Vera is going to be sharing with us today a very practical one, it's also a very interesting one and one that I learned a lot about. And so I'm not going to give away what the topic is. I'm going to let Vera tell us what that is herself. So here is our weekly segment with Vera. Ciao, Vera. Welcome back to another segment of La Vera Italia. Ciao. Come va? Tutto bene? Sì, tutto bene. Grazie. Vera, you are recording. I see you are recording from a different room in your house today. Normally, you're recording from your office and you are in a different place. Why are you in a different room today? <laughs> yeah, I'm in the guest bedroom. <laughs> Do you really want to know that? Because I sound a little bit weird. You know how I live in a very, very small town in the Chianti area in Tuscany, Villa mm -hmm. Assesta, like 40 people live here. And today <laughs> like there's... With, yeah. with your four restaurants. Yeah, right? that's us. That's us. Exactly. <laughs> And today there is a food festival, of course. It's called Di Tunto. Di tunto. Do you understand this word? Tunto. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard that word before. It's actually dito, dito, which is finger, dito, unto, greasy. Mm -hmm. So oh, it's dirty. Finger. So, yeah, mm. greasy finger. Di tunto. That's the name of this festival. There are boots where you can eat from different restaurants from different parts of Italy not only the four here in Villa Sesta and there's live music and it was all fun for the first few editions and then it got so famous that now there are about 10,000 people coming here I have very loud music live music playing right outside my front door And it's driving me crazy. And I don't understand how people like festivals when they're so crowded. Like you have to stand in line four hours to get a tiny mm -hmm. sandwich. Why are you doing that? So that's why I'm here. So I cannot hear them from here. I cannot see them from here. <laughs> hiding. <laughs> okay. I'm with you there. I don't really like crowds either. So I can understand that. And so... Uh, that's uh, how long has that festival been going on in your village? It's about 10 years. Then, of course, they stopped for two years for COVID. So we didn't have 2021 in 2020. Uh, and this is the first one post COVID. And I think oh. all, even more people came this year because they were like, oh, let's get back to life. And <laughs> they said parking lots like, three, four miles away from here and then shuttles to bring people here. And I mean, oh, wow. I chose, like purposely chose this tiny village because it was in the middle of nowhere. 
nobody had ever heard of this tiny village. And now <laughs> it's like the center of the whole world. Oh, no. Well, fortunately, at this point, it only happens once a year, right? At this point, yes. Fingers crossed that doesn't become a weekly thing. (laughs) But, you know, that's my fault because I chose an amazing place to live. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a property in Italy, of course, you want to live in a beautiful place, but maybe not that beautiful. Just stick with nice. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe just do a little bit of research to find out about all the local festivals (laughs) happening each year, right? Yeah, correct. Unless you really like those, because, I mean... You, I think you and I might be in the minority because I think a lot of people love festivals. They love crowds. They love live music and stalls full of crafts and food and everything. I don't mind it if it's a manageable sized crowd, but yeah. Yeah, you know, totally being, agree with you. Being, <laughs> when they're bringing in busloads of people, yeah, that's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. A bit too much, a bit too much. Well, are you going to ask me a question in Italian as usual? Or are we skipping that this week? Of course, we are, we are not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I am. No, we are not skipping that. And okay. Rain. <laughs> okay. Well, so what is the question for this week that you're going to ask me in Italian, Vera? You know, since there's this big festival going on, I was dreaming of being somewhere else right now. So my question for you is, Tra tutte le città del mondo che hai visitato, qual è la tua preferita e perché ti ha colpito? Hmm, okay. I think you asked me. Uh, Can you repeat it one more time? Mm Slower this time. Mm -hmm. Tra tutte le città del mondo che hai visitato, qual è la tua preferita e perché ha colpito. Okay. I believe you asked me, of all the cities that you visited in the world, which is your favorite and why? Yeah, great. Now, one funny thing, and it didn't stop with e perché and why, but I asked you e perché ti ha colpito. The verb colpire literally translates to hit, like punch you, hit. Mm-hmm. But we use it to like impress or were you most impressed by? So why did that city hit you? Perché okay. ti ha colpito? Okay. I knew that, that there was that, there was that one little word at the end. <laughs> I didn't know the exact meaning because I had never heard that word before, but I think I understood the general the general point of the but I'm glad you explained that word. And now what's your answer? And mind you, cities might have a translation in Italian. Uh-huh. I don't think this particular city, mm-hmm. it's hard to choose which city, but I think I would say that the city that I've chosen is not a huge city. It's not a major city. And it may be a city that people haven't even heard of. And the reason that I've chosen this city is because I happen to love the country that it's in but also I have some memories there. So that's that's my reasoning. Let me see if I can answer that. Answer your question now about which city in Italian. La mia città preferita al mondo è Inverness, Scozia. Oh, so can you say the name of the city again, please? 
Inverness. I never heard of it. Ah. Non l'ho mai sentita. Aha, sì, sì, io credo. <laughs> How do I say I thought so in Italian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ne ero sicuro. Ne ero sicuro. Okay. Ne ero sicuro. I yeah. Thought, <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> And you said Scotia. That's great because you translated the name of the country, which in English is Scotland, of course. Right. Okay. Let's see if I can tell you why in Italian. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it real simple and short. Mi piace questa città perché nove anni fa la mia nonna e io abbiamo visitato questa città. Questa città. Uh, in Venice insieme che bello tu <laughs> e tua nonna si uh, <laughs> so what I said was you, you, would you like to would you like to translate <laughs> it or do you want me to translate you, you translate it I translate it okay that's so weird you speak Italian and I translate that into English but still oh, no. it's <laughs> I like mi piace this city questa città Because, perché, nine years ago, nove anni fa, my grandmother and I, mia nonna e io, visited, and in Italian the past usually has two words, abbiamo visitato, visited, Inverness, Inverness, how do you say that again? Yeah, that's right. Inverness, Inverness. Inverness. Yeah. L'anno prossimo, per il ditunto, vado a visitare Inverness in Scozia. L'anno prossimo, per il ditunto festival, vado a visitare Inverness in Scozia. Next year, during the festival that your city's having right now, you're going to Inverness, Scotland. <laughs> okay, I during am. that period. We can go together. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. So, let me ask you very quickly. You're, I'm going to ask you the same question. Quale città mondo è la tua preferita? Hmm. I thought about asking you this question and I don't have an answer for myself but I would say probably huh 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 mm-hmm. it's hard it's harder than it's than it seems isn't it yeah it is harder than it seems but I would say a uh, tiny town in the Netherlands you know I love the Netherlands and I often go there mm-hmm. well of course Amsterdam is beautiful but it's too big and too crowded once again mm-hmm. so I would mm-hmm. say Probably Alkmaar or Leiden, small towns in the Netherlands. Can you repeat those two names? Alkmaar and Leiden. Alkmaar and Leiden. Mm-hmm. I can't even speak Italian correctly. I'm not even <laughs> going to try to start speaking Dutch. <laughs> anyway, smaller towns, not far from Amsterdam. So you have all the canals and the houses mm. and it's really beautiful but they're smaller and you can walk and ride your bikes there and it's not they're not far from the beach so you can go to the beach and enjoy there and i know i'm an italian going to the beach in the netherlands but okay 
I haven't really explored much of Holland, but I, I'm looking forward to exploring Holland and a lot of other countries I've never been to yet in Europe. So, yeah. all right. Well, that was a great question. And thank you for helping me get through that and helping me with my Italian. <laughs> so today we have an interesting topic that you and I came up with together when we were when we had our coaching session earlier this week we discussed what we were going to be talking about and we came up with this topic that I think is going to be a very interesting topic for people but I absolutely love the way that you have organized this topic in the way that you're going to be talking about it so without Getting into it, I'm going to let you introduce the topic for the day and share some of your incredible knowledge on this topic, which is um, something that you're an expert in, partly because of your work that you do outside of coaching, but also because of where you live. And thirdly, just because you're an Italian. <laughs> yeah. And that's the most important point. I'm an Italian, so I know these things, right? Well, first of all, when I just said right now we're talking about alcohol, it felt so strange to me because in Italy, we would never say parliamo di alcohol or alcolici, so that's alcohol beverages, because mm -hmm. it's not a topic, it's not a category, alcohol. So wine, beer, uh, aperitivi, amari, and um, grappas, and so on, they're food, they're, they're like you know, not, not water, because we know it's not like water. But we see alcohol as you probably see coffee. I mean, it's something that it's not great for your health if you drink a lot mm -hmm. of it. But just, you know, a tiny bit every day, just, you know, two, three espressos tops or two glasses of red wine a day. You're just part of our regular lives. I mean, it's nothing, it's not a topic. It's not even something we talk about. It's part of our meals, of our life, daily life. It's just, just, just this, you know, it's so weird to explain because it's not a thing. It's, would you mm -hmm. have a whole segment about, I don't know, meat or fish? Yeah, I don't think so. But so alcohol is just food another food category mm -hmm. mm. and we start okay we don't start drinking at a very young age but i would say that every single italian had their first taste so like a sip around their first christmas or birthday so maybe i was born in march i'm pretty sure december that year my mom and dad probably put my pacifier in the wine and let me taste it to celebrate Christmas with the rest of the family. Just, you know, a tiny bit. Oh, let's see what the baby does. It's just part of it. And uh -huh. legal age, I mean, now I think it's 18 to sell alcohol to people, mm -hmm. but there is no okay. legal age for drinking alcohol. If you're home with your family, you can drink. It's not forbidden. And we do that. I mean, teenagers start, you know, you have your first sip when you're like one or two and then maybe mm -hmm. a tiny tiny bit of red wine or prosecco or spumante to celebrate new year with your family just a tiny bit maybe with some water always mm -hmm. every single year of your life and then when you're around then it depends if you like it or not but you're like 12 13 for very special occasion you start having your first 
half of a glass with your family for Christmas. And by the time you're 16, 17, you know your wines because we talk about wines. We talk about what kind of grappa is better with after that particular meal or what to have for an aperitivo or as a dessert wine. So we get our alcohol, our wine and all spirits culture at a very young age. We grow with that. Oh, and we cook with alcohol. So we are really around it all the time. So that's why being Italian is what makes me an expert on this topic, <laughs> not because of my work or studies or where mm -hmm. I live, but just because that's how I grew up, sipping champagne when I was one year old, <laughs> just having a taste right. of it, having a taste. Right. So the first thing to, to really understand is, is this one. We really grow up with that. And that's why I don't... I don't think alcohol is a major problem here. Of course, there are some people that are uh, addict to it, but it's just very, very few. I don't think I've ever met any and you don't see them. It's not a big problem, not at all. Mm -hmm. Because probably we know how to drink and then there's always food when we drink. We would never mm -hmm. drink wine or any other alcohol without something to eat so that helps you not get really drunk i'm not saying i never got drunk but you know that kind of drunk when you're tipsy or maybe the next morning you don't exactly remember what you did you just have some flashes here and there but never passing out for example never that bad mm -hmm. not me not mm -hmm. any of my friends that i personally know you hear someone maybe sometimes but it's just we call it good kind of drinking just do it and yeah, yeah and it's something we we know and we are really aware of when to stop if we want to mm -hmm. stop for example because since we started very very young we 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 sort of know what kind of effect uh that kind of alcohol has on us so we know okay that's enough for me because i'm driving or uh, i don't know that's enough for me because i don't want to remember what i'm gonna do tonight i don't want to mess <laughs> things up too much so we know we know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we actually decide whether to exaggerate a little bit or just stay in within the lines so interesting no okay. one's ever going to ask you for your id when you're at a restaurant to see if you're old enough to drink Okay, now things have changed in the past few years, and I mean like 10 years or 15, so I was already over 18. So now mm -hmm. I know that it is totally forbidden, so they card you, uh, you have to be 18 to buy. But if you're 15 and you go to a restaurant with your family and they order wine, you drink wine, it's not a problem. I tried to read the rules and the laws about that actually, but it wasn't clear enough because it's not like in the us where they have to ask you for your id here it's more of an in-between they're not allowed to sell alcohol if you're under 18 but you're not supposed to buy it so i to me it never happened i don't know if younger generation like right now it happens but mm, no basically it's not a thing <laughs> and it was totally normal for 14 years old me ordering uh, well, I didn't like beer, but that was me. Or there was this sort of lemonade that had alcohol in it. And it was just normal. 14, 15, you have a bottle of that with your friends when you're out at night. 
and it was totally normal and it was like the church cafe that sent it to us not some weird <laughs> club selling you spiked lemonade i love it <laughs> <laughs> if you ask any italian what's your favorite drink or what do you like to drink the answer will always be it depends when i mean afternoon aperitivo after dinner whatever because there are exact times during the day when you have different kind of alcohol beverage so the famous aperitivo let's start with that so it's before meals so either before lunch or before dinner and aperitivo is a tradition that started in the northern part of italy so the three main cities were turin where it all started and of course milan and venice and it was the word uh at first it only meant uh, a drink a kind of drink now it's more of the idea of having an aperitivo so it's basically a drink with some mm, something to nibble like you know tartine something small so basically it started um as liquor with herbs or things like that starting something that could open your stomach and get you ready for a meal, so lunch or dinner. So aperitivo, you can tell, right, that it sounds a little bit like aprire, to open. So that's the origin from leching, because of course, even our word for drinking are fancy. So basically, it helps you uh, get ready for a meal. And today, for an aperitivo, you can have wine of course so usually is spumante which is the italian champagne spumante prosecco of course all your listeners know about prosecco right and then white wine or rosé wine or even yeah that could work uh, a light bodied red wine uh, especially if you're having charcuteries or cheese with it so basically it depends on what you're having so uh you can have just you know some chips a few grissini which is breadsticks or things like that or even something more similar to a first course like a primo or a second a little bit of riso freddo so um rice salad or pasta salad in pasta fredda so small portions and you chat with your friends waiting for dinner to be ready we also have cocktails for aperitivo. The most famous is spritz, which is made with prosecco and uh, digestive bitter and then soda water. Then there's the bellini, the famous bellini, which is spumante, so the Italian champagne with um, peach pulp. Then there's the mimosa, you know that, right? Uh, Negroni, which is a uh, Campari, red vermouth and gin. And then there's a cocktail which is pretty famous uh, for an aperitivo, which is the Americano, which is not mm -hmm. American at all, and we know it, but still it's called mm -hmm. Americano. And it's uh, Campari, uh, red vermouth, soda, lemon zest, and an orange slice in it. That's the Americano. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, also international cocktails that you all probably know, like Moscow Mule, Long Island iced tea, Bloody Mary, all those sort of things. So mm -hmm. either you go very Italian with wine or spritz, bellini, negroni, mimosa, americano, or you go international. But that's only before a meal. 
So you'll never have a spritz during your meal. Okay, got it. So a quick question, because you mentioned that you have an aperitivo. I never have heard anyone say this before. So this is interesting, but it makes sense. You mentioned that an aperitivo can be had before lunch or dinner. Mm -hmm. So that means that if you're having an aperitivo before lunch, what would be the earliest that you would have your first drink of the day? Okay. So I know there's someone that says, oh, it's five o'clock somewhere so we can drink, right? It's not a thing in Italy. We don't care about the time. So I see every day people ordering an aperitivo, like um, white wine with something or even a, not real spritz, but something like that as early as 10 o'clock or even 9.30 if those are especially people who uh, work in the vineyards right here. So maybe they wake up at five, they start working. So by that time, they have a break to eat a sandwich or something because they've been up a long time already. So it's not that we wake up and drink, but it depends on what you're having. So if for them, it's already, uh, you know, snack time and they're having something uh, savory, salty, like a sandwich or something like that, then a glass of gla of wine or an aperitivo cocktail, it's fine, even if it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Normal, let's say that we will have an aperitivo uh, on Sundays, for example, before you go to lunch with your whole family. So that would be around 11, 11.30 till 12. So yeah, that, that's when we start. Do you want to know when we stop? <laughs> I know we're going to get to that for sure. Uh, so that's interesting. So basically, it's almost like you're describing it as a little bit sort of, for the, at least for the earliest one, the, the early like lunchtime aperitivo, like kind of a mid-morning snack or pre-lunch snack. And so, yeah, like with a sandwich, yeah. like with a sandwich around 10 or 11 or a few bites it's okay to, I do see people sitting, Italians sitting outside having a glass of Prosecco or a glass, uh, I've seen people have spritz or like you said, white wine. And I've always been a little surprised to see that so early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, because probably they were up very early that morning and it was already time for, you know, you, don't you feel like having something in particular? I mean, Okay, yeah, no, you're right. You don't because you have breakfast with the weirdest things like eggs and bacon and beans. We only have breakfast <laughs> with cookies and croissants and sweet things. But at one point during the morning, you really crave something salty and savory. Mm -hmm. So, well, so I think that the only sort of allowed or proper versions of alcohol to consume in the mornings for Americans would be mimosa mm -hmm. or a Bloody Mary, which I hate those. <laughs> I, I've never drank one. I've never, I'm never going to. I think it's horrible. Usually you drink a Bloody Mary if you were drinking the night before and you've got a little bit of a hangover and you kind of need to sort of ease yourself into your day. Yeah. Then people will have it. But yeah, it's, it's, that would be the only time. And that's usually the earliest that you would have those is around 11, 
you know, but like brunch, like around 11 o'clock to one o'clock, that would be like kind of a window of time, I guess, for people to have it. So, yeah, I never really thought about that. But mimosas and Bloody Marys both have alcohol in them. And yeah, Americans have those for sure on the weekends, usually. Yeah. So, you see, it's not a problem. Here we can have alcohol any day of the week. It's not a, you know, a red flag if you go to a business lunch and have wine. In fact, if you go to a business lunch with some clients maybe or and you don't order a great bottle of wine, they will be like, what's going on here? You don't want to seal the deal? Because <laughs> you drink on your job. I mean, not that you go to work drunk, but... You know, it's a gathering, you're having a lunch together, and it's totally normal to have wine. Your lunch break in Italy can last for how long normally? Well, it's minimum one hour, so we get one hour free. But if you work like in a shop, for example, that closes or some offices, even two hours. <laughs> and well, you know, usually just every day we go and get a sandwich, but, you know, our sandwiches so with focaccia and a lot of uh, bologna in it and all this special cheese and so on. Or, for example, there are uh, canteens in most bigger companies, offices or factories or whatever, where you have your primo, secondo, contorno and so it's a full meal you can choose usually you have options to kind of pastas or a soup or and a second so some meat roast beef chicken um spezzatino which is small pieces of meat with a sauce and it's just yeah a regular meal like you would do in a restaurant probably i never thought that it was so weird but It's not yes, weird. It it's, actually, it's actually quite lovely. It's just, it's just not necessarily a lot of times in the United States, it's like you're eating a rushed 30 minute lunch and you're eating as fast as you can so you can get back to work. So it's, it's nice to have to think about having a, a two, two and a half hour <laughs> leisurely lunch with, with a bot nice bottle of wine. <laughs> have you ever heard of ticket restaurant? Ticket restaurant. Ticket restaurant. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, that, that's how you have to pronounce it. So ticket restaurant. Uh, they're like vouchers that you're given. Most people working for companies that don't have canteens, um, they get their salaries plus this checks, so like checks, totally. Uh, they have about 20, 25 a month like the days you usually work and you can use those in cafes and restaurants to have lunch nearby your office on the company let's say they're worth from seven to fifteen hundreds each so uh sorry not hundreds i was like 15 euros each so <laughs> they are worth from seven eight up to 15 euros each And you can pay with those. And most uh, cafes, bigger cafes, have lunch menu. So, pranzi di lavoro, that's how we call them, where you can have uh, a primo or a secondo, a dessert, and water and a glass of wine for like 10 euros or 12 euros. Ticket restaurant, it's an Italian invention of course and they're right. called and then ticket first and restaurant after it's so crazy that now that i'm speaking english i couldn't even take that out of my <laughs> of my brain but yeah they are called ticket 
restaurant. Okay, interesting. Well, that's that's definitely interesting. I've never heard that before. Okay, so moving past lunch, I kind of got us a little bit sidetracked on lunch and asking all these questions about lunch and lunch aperitivo. So now we've moved to the first aperitivo of the day, or the second, I should say. Now, is it also a quick question? Do people have two aperitivi? No, 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 no. Usually you have an aperitivo before uh, a big meal for big occasion or maybe you know you're uh, out with friends it's too early for dinner so you're like oh let's just have an aperitivo and then you go home and just eat something it's not that every single day we do all this of course Mm -hmm. but aperitivo is something before your meal so it could be then a big meal or small meal or maybe if it's a big aperitivo especially at night we call it apericena apericena so it's like brunch for you it's breakfast and lunch apericena a little bit of aperitivo a little bit of cena so basically you go home and you're not hungry anymore okay so it would be con- it's not considered a normal for someone to get up in the morning have their breakfast <laughs> then around midday or mid-morning around 11 have an aperitivo then their lunch and then have an aperitivo again in the afternoon and then have their dinner that would no, be considered, no. that would be considered very <laughs> indulgent no, no no it's definitely too much but what might happen in a normal day is that we have breakfast in the morning usually coffee or a cappuccino if you want and then maybe you get a little bit hungry you crave something and if it's still early you might have a second coffee or a cappuccino or something sweet like a croissant if it's later in the morning you might just go to the cafe next door and have a, a succo di frutta so a fruit juice uh, or a tramezzino so a cold sandwich we wouldn't call it aperitivo but it's the same idea you see you're eating something small just you know chewing on something waiting for lunch then we have lunch average you know normal day we just have a primo or a secondo with some contorno it's not that every day we do all the courses but still that's sort of Mm. idea so basically you can drink alcohol so cocktail like spritz uh, americano bellini and so on or wine but only white rosé spumante and prosecco or very light bodied red wines before a meal Mm. and then there are meals now it's not easy of course because we made the rules (laughs) we (laughs) grew up with the rules and we know that so it depends on what you're having Mm -hmm. so it might be even more than one kind of wine during a meal but it's wine only unless you're having pizza so you know we have pizza places pizzeria where you go there and you just have your pizza we get single person pizzas so individual pizzas for every person on the table and pizza is great with birra Mm -hmm. so you can Mm -hmm. have pizza with birra or with red wine if you want but that's the only case if you're having pasta risotto you don't drink beer you drink beer only if you're having a pizza or like we call it german food maybe you're having hamburgers hot dogs bratwurst in german you're Mm -hmm. having a barbecue those are the only cases otherwise you have wine 
I was I'm a little surprised at how many Italians drink beer. Would you say that beer is something that is wouldn't be equally as popular as wine, is it? In Italy? Okay, let's I would say that wine is for food, real food, and we see beer as um soda pops. I mean, there's alcohol in it, but if you're really thirsty, even if it's the middle of the afternoon, then you can have a beer, maybe with a few roasted peanuts or something. Mm-hmm. So it's beer is basically when you're thirsty. So it's like a real beverage. While wine and spumante and all these aperitivo cocktails, they are more something you feel like having, something you really crave because of their taste or because of what you're having with them. Beer is like... Yeah, Coke for adults or teenagers. <laughs> and it also adds a little bit of variety because if you're having an, a different type of food, you're having pizza, which you don't have every, obviously every day of the week. Uh, or if you're having, you know, you're going to a, like a, a pub or having a little bit of German food, then you're going to have it. Sounds like you, you would have it just to kind of also add a little bit of variety to your diet or whatever. <laughs> I always tell you what we are having with this alcohol beverages because it means so much. You would never have beer while, I don't know, eating a slice of cake. That's crazy, right? Or so, seafood. Or, or, or seafood. Yeah, or seafood or whatever. So beer is just like when you're very, very thirsty, hot summer night, for example. Uh, and with, yeah, everything that is fried, like, like fast food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's beer. For our dishes, like in our Italian cuisine and traditions, we would go with wine. So obviously there are white wines and red wines. Rosé, they're not big thing here, but also rosé wines and depending on your course. So you might start a meal with a white wine because maybe your antipasto or your primo uh, pair better with a white and then switch to a red for the second, secondo, or even changing a few labels during the meal. So, and by meal, I mean antipasto, primo, and secondo, because then there's dessert. So we switch to other beverages. Mm -hmm. And for dessert, there are obviously uh, dessert wines. The most famous are Vinsanto, Passito, Muffato, uh, Moscato, that is another sort of sparkling wine. So basically, they're all very sweet. And especially Vinsanto, Passito, and Muffato, they're amazing because you make them with uh, grapes that are really, really ripe. And then, uh, like dried, they develop some special mold, so noble mold on it. And then you start the whole fermentation and aging process up to 10 or 15 years. So they're like almost liquors, not really liquors, but they're around uh, 15, 16 percentage alcohol in them. And they're so intense in flavor and they're perfect with your sweet dessert, like cookies or, you know, any kind of, cake, dry cake, or so on, but also with cheese, for example, if you want to have herb cheese for dessert, those are perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's what we usually have for dessert. After dessert with this special wines, oh, sorry, no, I forgot. Obviously, spumante, 
Mm -hmm. So Italian mm -hmm. champagne also goes with dessert. Mm -hmm. And then there's coffee mm -hmm. to end your meal. So an espresso that, you know, we call cafe. And then there's the Amazza cafe. Have you <laughs> ever heard this word? <laughs> that is not something I've ever heard. No. So Amazza means <laughs> why are we always talking about this in my segment but sorry kill kill so amazza i'm ordering you to kill amazza cafe so coffee killer someone who kills coffee okay. so after coffee basically mm -hmm. and it's something usually very very strong so we call amazza cafe or digestivo digestivo so that helps your digestions and basically a matzah cafe or digestives are three uh there are three main categories here and are amari amari and that means bitter liquori so liquors and distillati so distill alcohol beverages Amari are probably the most Italian ones, mm -hmm. and it, they're like herb-based liquors, and at least 45% alcohol. So they're quite strong, mm -hmm. and they really help you digest all these herbs. Uh, they could be uh, even artichoke or any kind of spice. It's not that it tastes like artichoke, but still, they're in there, and they really help you digest everything. And the most famous are Amaro del Capo from Calabria, for example, um, Amaro Montenegro or Fernet Branca. We have a lot of them. And when you go into a restaurant or a, what we call a bar, so a cafe, you see all the bottles right there behind the counter. And those are your day-to-day -day drinks. It's not a pub mm -hmm, where you go mm -hmm. at night. So those are amari because they're literally bitter. Then there are liquors, and that's uh, like limoncello, mm -hmm, the famous limoncello, or nocino, which is made with nuts, mm -hmm. uh, or uh, sambuca, or anisetta, meletti especially. They're made with uh, anise. Mm -hmm. And those are liquors, and they're around 30% alcohol, so still pretty strong. And then there are the distilled. So the most famous is the Italian grappa that can be clear or aged. So you see darker in color or brandy, cognac, you know, international ones. And that's mm -hmm. the last thing before going to bed. So you got your dessert wine. Then you have an espresso, un cafe. Mm -hmm. And yes. then dopo il espresso, then La you have... Mazza cafe. La Mazza Cafe. The coffee killer. <laughs> yep. Now, so. it's not that every single Italian does that every single day, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never happens. But for example, I would say like, not even every day we drink alcohol. It depends. Mm -hmm. But maybe, I don't know, today is Sunday and maybe tonight I could have an aperitivo and then, uh, you know, a nice dinner with some friends. And at that point, I would drink wine. Maybe tomorrow, uh, not even a single drop. But then the day after tomorrow, I go for out for lunch with my friends. So we have something there or uh, mid-afternoon and getting a beer with someone. So it's not that we drink 
this much every single day. But what we never do is have a limoncello for an aperitivo, for example. So would you say that the final, the final thing that you are drinking, the, the coffee killer, the... Uh, yeah, a matzo cafe. A matzo cafe. Is that, is that called in general a digestivi or in general amari? What would be the correct term to sort of... Mm-hmm. The, the, the umbrella term, I guess, for that. So, the umbrella terms are ammazza caffè and digestivo. So okay. ammazza caffè tells you that it's something you have after coffee. Okay. Digestivo to help you digest everything you just had. And they're synonyms. They're used in the same way. And both of these words include three categories. So okay. they're all ammazza caffè or they're all digestivi whatever you want to call them mm. and they can be amari so bitter liquors or distilled so basically at restaurants for example at the end of a big meal the waiter would come and say posso offrirvi un digestivo can mm. i offer you so they will pay for that or quindi posso offrirvi un digestivo or Posso offrirvi una mazza caffè? Same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, thanks. What would you like? Amaro, limoncello, grappa. That's what they would say. Because limoncello is the most famous liquor. Mm-hmm. And grappa is the most famous uh, distillato, distilled. If you've never gone to an Italian restaurant and had a digestivo at the end of your meal, You may not know this, but they come in a teeny tiny little short shot glass, basically. That's just, I mean, you're getting maybe just an inch or two at the most of this little liqueur. So what is your personal preference for a digestivo? Hmm. Okay, you got me because I don't particularly enjoy digestivi. I don't like amari. I don't like liqueurs or grappas. They're too much for me. I usually stop at uh, dessert wines. I mm-hmm. love this thick Vincenzo uh, or Pasito, these sort of things, and mm-hmm. then my coffee. So a digestivi is not necessarily something that every Italian is going to have. Oh, no, no. But most of them do, especially after a big meal, you know, especially after you went, you're at the restaurant or so on. But yeah, most Italians would have, not every day once again, but when you celebrate, when you are with friends, it's sort of a special occasion, then you end with a limoncello or something like that. Yeah. Especially when you go out for dinner. So two more questions about this. Would you say that a digestivi, is that a more of a, a common thing for a man to have? Or do men and women both like digestivis or amaris? Men usually drink uh, more than women in quantity because obviously our bodies are shaped differently. So men can't stand alcohol better. Uh, But I would say that many women, especially older generations, Mm -hmm. women love alcohol and strong alcoholic spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, Like grappa, for example, which is really, really strong. Younger Mm. generations is probably more men drinking the digestivi and damari. Because for women, it might be too much. But I would just say, like, especially limoncello, because limoncello has this lemon taste Mm -hmm. uh, that makes things 
sort of sweeter. So mm-hmm. even women like that, I would say that, yeah, maybe 60% of women would have limoncello, younger generations, mm-hmm. while grappa, maybe a little bit less, 30, 40%. Okay. So it's a little bit along gender lines, but not completely. It just kind of depends. So you're saying, so that leads me to my next question, which was generation, the generational question. Someone that's maybe in there, would you say that as you get older, you tend to drink more uh, of these sort of liqueurs and amatis and digestivis? Or would you say that it's just a generational thing, whereas this, this, you know, people have been drinking digestivis for the last almost 200 years in Italy, probably longer. Would you say that the people that are maybe in their, I don't know, like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s in Italy that are drinking, would you say that that is a generation that once the, once that generation is gone, do you think that the younger people growing up in Italy now, do you think that they will be as into all of these different types of liqueurs and amatis? Yeah, I think it's more of a generational thing. I used to think, okay, when I'll grow up, I like that. But yeah, I don't like to say, but I am grown up now. (laughs) I still don't (laughs) like uh, some very strong Amari, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the same things happen to a lot of my friends that are pretty much my age. So I would say that, yeah, it's more of a generational thing. But Still, those things have been there for centuries. So I think maybe there will be a bit of smaller consumption, maybe less people, but still a lot of people loving those. Especially men, I would say. Yeah, because they're, yeah, this kind of amari are really strong in taste. Mm-hmm. I don't know if things have changed. Even our meals are different. You know, there's a, you know, the Mediterranean diet is still pretty much the same, but now people are, uh, a little bit more careful about calories and carbs and these sort of things. So maybe it's like, yeah, I'd rather have dessert instead of uh, alcohol. Mm. Do you have where you are a digestivo and it's from Northern Italy and you can't, you go anywhere s- south of like Veneto and nobody has ever heard of it before. I'm curious if you've ever heard of it. It's, um, oh my gosh, what is it called? It's in like a flute. It's usually served in like a champagne flute. Mm-hmm. Very short, but short. And it's, um, oh my gosh, it's white. And it's, oh gosh, what is it? And it's so delicious. It's got like, it's got a, like a lemon flavor. And I think it's got like vodka in it. And it's, um, hold on. I have to, I have to call it. Yeah, I'm curious now. I have a quick question for you. Yes. Um, Vera and I were talking about digestivi and what can I, for some reason, I can't remember the name of my favorite one from Veneto that I always get the one that's in it's white. And then we have it after. Scropino. Oh yeah. Scropino. I heard about that. <laughs> you don't find you it here. One? Heard, yeah, of course. You've had one before. Uh, I remember having one or trying that one. You don't find it here, but I'm from the north. So, yeah. And I heard about that. Okay. So, I think it's a Veneto thing. Yeah. 
Ok, grazie amore. Prego. Ciao. Scroppino. Yeah, scroppino. let me just double check what's in there, but yeah, scroppino. Oh, I heard delicious. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like um sorbetto. So it's lemon ice cream with alcohol in it. No wonder. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of an 80 things, but uh between the first courses, so i primi and i secondi, uh, they used to give you a sorbetto, which is not ice cream, it's right. you know sorbetto. Mm -hmm. And sometimes sorbetto with some alcohol in it very strong alcohol and that sort of what sgroppino is mm. but you don't mm. have that yeah. for an aperitivo do you no 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 it's That's for a, it's a digestivo. digestivo yes correct yeah it's always after that and usually like they offer it to you you know after the meal yeah yeah grazie mille Vera. grazie a te buona giornata ciao ciao ciao, ciao. Wasn't that interesting? I don't know about you, but I feel like I learned so much. I know there's a lot more to learn, but what a great introduction to all things Italian alcohol and wine and aperitivos and digestivis and amaros. <laughs> it's it's quite a it's quite a wealth of knowledge that Vera has on the topic. So thanks again, Vera. That was absolutely fantastic. I know we all learned a lot from you and thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge of Italy from the perspective of a real Italian. All right, well, that brings us to our surrounding sounds for this week's episode. And as I mentioned earlier, we have the sound, one of the sounds is a sound of us calling the US Embassy in Naples, the NATO base, and trying to get some information about the passport that we were waiting to have returned. And so I have that sound. And I also have to go along with Vera's segment about Italian wine and alcohol and aperitivos, digestivos, etc., etc. I have a few sounds of us ordering things to drink at restaurants. So the waiter comes up and they take your food order, but they also ask you, what would you like to drink? And so I have a couple sounds from the beginning and the end of the dinner where they ask you, what would you like to go with dinner and what would you like to have after dinner? So enjoy those sounds and I will be back afterwards to say goodbye. Okay, now what do I need? Let me must leave. And pick the email that they sent to you if they want some information. So what do we have? Just to tell them. Okay, so I have this. I received the mail that my passport was ready and I booked a uh, pickup with the uh, MBA that is coming today. MBA? Yes, mailbox. I want to know if uh, the envelope was ready with the label on it that you sent. Okay, that's okay. it. Thank you for calling the American Embassy in Italy. If you are injured or need immediate assistance, hang up and dial 112 for the police or 118 for an ambulance. To continue in English, press 1. To continue in Italian, all calls are recorded for security purposes. To repeat this information at any time, press 7. For information on embassy services, visit our website at it.usembassy.gov. To report a death or an arrest of an American citizen, 
or to report a lost or stolen passport, press 1. For information on visas for temporary travel to the United States, press 2. For information on Social Security and other federal benefits, press 3. For information on immigration, lost green cards, and other citizenship questions, press 4. For passport renewals, to report a birth overseas, voting, or tax questions, press 5. For embassy hours and address, you have reached ACS, the American Citizen Services section for all U.S. missions throughout Italy. If you have access to email and would like an instant response to a list of ACS topics, please press 1. Otherwise, please press 2. For our address and hours of operation, please press 1. For information on consular reports of birth abroad, please press 2. For adults and child passport renewal information, please press 3. For information about renewal of adult passports, please press 1. For information about renewal of child passports, please press 2. To repeat this message, please press 3. To return to the previous menu, please press 4. All calls are recorded for security purposes. To repeat this information at any time, press 7. For information on embassy services, visit our website at it.usembassy.gov. To report a death or an arrest of an American citizen, you have reached ACS, the American Citizen Services section for all U.S. missions throughout Italy. If you have access to email and would like an instant response to a list of ACS topics, please press 1. Otherwise, please press 2. For our address and hours of operation, please press 1. For information on consular reports of birth abroad, please press 2. For adults and child passport renewal information, please press 3. For information on material services, please press 4. For information on marriage, please press 5. For information on driver's licenses, please press 6. For information on voting abroad, please press 7. For information on U.S. taxes, please press 8. For all other questions, please email uscitizensrome at state.gov. To repeat this message, please press 9. To return to the main menu, please press star. Goodbye. Oh. Okay. Uh, they don't seem like they have anyone there to answer the phones. Okay. And they're not... Hold on. They're not really giving us any specific information. So I don't think we need to call them. Okay. If they're sending a carrier to pick something up, then it's handled. Okay. So we don't need to worry about it. Okay. We'll have to have more. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. You want to go pick up some mozzarella? Yeah. You have the directions? Yeah. Perfect. Thanks for handling everything. You're yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, damn. Okay, it's time to go. It's, not, it's never enough. It's always more than enough. Okay, start. Go. Continue for one and a half kilometers. Head north on Via Fratelli Cairoli. Via Fratelli Cairoli? Yes. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, avete deciso voi? Sicuramente una capesa. Sì. E, e anche passiamo anche a paccheri a raduno. Sì. Um, Porto prima la caprese? Sì. sì magari anche porzione per due sì. Ok per due E poi sì due contro Verdure grigliate Dopo i primi? Uh, o insieme? Sì anche insieme sì. Ok verdure grigliate E melanzana a funghetto sì. Da bere? Allora, una bottiglia d'acqua passante. E poi il vino della casa? Sì. Allora, i vini che abbiamo sono questi qua che vedi e facciamo anche i carici. Tu hai il rosso? Mm. Rosso bianco. Allora, il rosso, sì. Ok. Grazie. Perfetto. Poi un'altra di tota di veraci. Un zuppetta. Zuppetta? Sì. Non so se è finita. Oppure... No, no, vabbè, ma pure può essere un... Vediamo. Magari sì, uh, misto mare bruschettato. Sì. Sì, sì, così. Marinato, piace? Sì, sì, sì. sì. Oh. Facciamo uno e uno così. Perfetto. Allora, um, invece, salmone? Finito salmone. Mm -hmm. Ah, ok. Se non c'ho qualche bella, quella spigola, bella orata in vetrina che possiamo fare diviso due. Pronto. Alla griglia con l'insalata vicina, buonissima. Sì, no, io più che altro l'orata la mangio sempre. Se no, un bello spigolone. Um, oppure anche um, spigola... Questa qui, guarda. Ti faccio vedere. Io... Sì, sì, no, no, più che altro... Quella lì, più o meno per due, leva testa e cuda, escono due bei filetti grigliati con l'insalata okay, vicino. Ok, facciamo una cosa. Ok, io ve la peso, vi dico, se volete un po' di vino. Sì, quello della casa. Quello lì, lì al litro è pezzatino, quello lì che ti ho portato, vi piace? Sì. È uguale a quello lì. Va bene. Va bene? Ok, allora ve lo porto pizzare. Quindi facciamo i due antipassi e la spigola grigliata, insalata verde, mista. Mista è un po' complicata. Mm, verde. Verde? Tutti e due verde. Oh no, scusi, mista. Mista? Mista, sì, sì. So the fanagini is kind of yeah. it's taste. So that uh, eventually I go to like I was asking you about okay. Vediamo la coda alla testa e scrude perfetto. Ora abbiamo chiusato il programma. Hai fatto con l'ostrica la scudata, vero? L'ho vista. Una foto per testimoniare che nonostante gli anni passati va bene. I hope you enjoyed those sounds from this week's episode. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me for another episode this week. I am so thrilled to be able to share this time with you. Thank you to those of you who have recently left 
reviews on the podcast. Your five-star reviews on Spotify and Apple in particular mean so much to me. And taking the time to leave a review really, really helps me to know that you're enjoying the show. So it means a lot to me personally, and I'm really grateful when you leave your five stars on the podcast. And on Apple, you're even able to leave a written review as well as your star review. And so taking the time to do that is so greatly appreciated. Helps our show to continue to grow and keeps it at the top of the podcasting charts for travel podcasts. And it is just something I am so grateful. We get new reviews on the podcast each week, and I am grateful for each and every one of them. Please don't ever think that you taking the time to do that and your single review, it makes a difference and it helps. And I notice, I watch and I see every review that comes in and I read them. And if I know who the person is, I reach out and thank them as well. So anyway, thank you for taking the time to do that. Thank you for our sponsors as well for today's podcast. And of course, our sponsors are ExpressVPN and Babbel Language. Babbel Language is the very best language learning app. And of course, there's nothing better than getting private language coaching from Kike Language, from Vera and Irene. But if you aren't able to do private language coaching, or if you want to supplement your language coaching like I do, you can use Babbel Language. They are In my opinion, the very best language learning app that there is anywhere. It allows you to learn language from reading, listening, writing, and speaking yourself. So it hits you on multiple levels. And instead of it being a game like Duolingo was, which is why I switched away from Duolingo, Babbel Language really, really is a serious way to take language learning to the next level. And you're able to learn a language in in some ways almost better than a school environment, in my personal opinion. So check out Babbel Language. There are links on the I'm Moving to Italy website, and you can get great discounts for being a listener of the podcast. So thank you to Babbel Language for being a wonderful sponsor. Also, ExpressVPN, if you plan to move to Italy or an extended trip to Italy, you're definitely going to want to have a VPN. And in my opinion, ExpressVPN is the very best. A VPN, by the way, is a virtual private network, and it protects you while you're using public Wi-Fi, so you can't be hacked, your computer, your phone, or any device that you're using, a tablet, to be hacked because you will be hidden from hackers. So that's a wonderful thing. Also, you will be able to use all of your streaming services while traveling, whereas normally, if you try to use your streaming services while traveling internationally, they are blocked and you aren't able to watch any of your shows. And let's be honest, you know, there's nothing like that sort of helps with homesickness sometimes than to be able to watch your favorite TV shows or streaming apps. And so it's wonderful for that. It's also great for making and receiving calls and text messages. If you have a Wi-Fi connection, you are able to use your VPN to help you make free calls and text messages, which is what I've been doing for the last two years, almost, while in Italy. So again, go to imovingtoitaly.com and click on the links for ExpressVPN, and you can get three months free when you sign up for one of their packages. So thanks again to our wonderful sponsors, Babbel Language and ExpressVPN. Thank you so much for helping to make this show possible each week.
I know I say it all the time and you probably get tired of hearing me, but I never, I never get tired of telling you how grateful I am that I get to share this with you. My, my experience, my fumbling, bumbling experience of my new life in Italy. And next week, I want to let you know that we have, well, actually the next three episodes, we have three really exciting interviews lined up. And so you're not going to want to miss the next three weeks of the podcast because I have three great interviews from three very different guests and you're going to learn and you're going to be entertained and you're going to really, really enjoy these next episodes. We always have great episodes, but these next three are going to be extra special. So be sure to stay tuned for the next couple of weeks. All right. Well, thank you again so much for coming back and sharing this time with me. Like I said, I'm grateful for you, and I'm so glad that we get to spend this time together week after week. So wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice today, I hope you are healthy and well, and I look forward to being back here with you next week for a new episode. So until then, take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.